the six-time world champion New England Patriots. Edelman's going to throw. The quarterbacks are. Let's do it. Intercepted. All right, and welcome into the first episode of the Pat's Pack Podcast. I am here, Mr. Fenton, as always, with my good friend Josh Valdola. Josh, how are we doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, dude. Thought about starting something new. Decided to start this podcast. You know, I'm still keeping the other one going, but you know what? You got to keep on keeping on. You know what I mean? So I think Josh is actually going to be on here with me more times than not. We're going to kind of do a bunch of different things. We're going to kind of recap the game. We're going to preview the game, upcoming game. I think we're actually going to try to do some different episodes. Like today, we're going to do the recap and the preview both in one episode, but I think we're going to try to mm-hmm. split that up into two different ones just so it flows a little bit better. Off-season stuff, you definitely want to stick around. We'll have like some free agency stuff. There's some draft stuff, salary cap stuff, a bunch of exciting things that you guys don't want to miss, so make sure you like and subscribe. But anyway, let's get into this game. We're going to start off with the Titans game. Recapping that, final score, Pats 36, Titans 13. Overcashed, over was over under was forty three. New England covered spread was seven and a half. Josh, taking anything away here off the jump? Honestly, just really proud of the team performance. Great job by the defense. And uh, I don't know, I'm really excited for the future games, especially the big Bills games coming up. I'm interested to see if they can actually beat a real team because, you know, mm-hmm. last five, six games, everyone's talking about this big winning streak that they got. Really not overly impressed. You beat the Jets, you beat the Chargers. I'll give them that. Go into Los Angeles and give them mm-hmm. a win. Carolina, okay. Sam Donald's still seeing ghosts. Cleveland, Baker Mayfield feels a cripple. Going into Atlanta on a That's short week. Guy. Matt Ryan's literally got no one to throw to. And then this banged up Tennessee team. So I'm really excited for this Monday night game coming up. Mm-hmm. Inactives for this Titan games, we had Stidham, Taylor, Asiasi, Durant, and Ronnie Perkins, the red shirt freshman himself. On the Titan side of the ball, we had Nate Davis, Adeni, Tear, Tart, David Long Jr., Rashawn Evans, Greg Mablin, and of course, we had Julio, AJB, and Derek Henry out on IR. The Titans actually had 13 roster moves Thursday alone. How are you feeling if you're a Titans fan right now? Because this team is really banged up. Uh, it's definitely like a lot of devastation just because, you know, you don't want to lose these games anyway. But I think they're looking at the long run, you know, when Derrick Henry comes back. I think that's what they really need to get yeah. back here. Because that's the, their identity. At the same time, yeah, he really makes that team go. Because mm-hmm. imagine just having, <laughs> imagine having Derrick Henry... <laughs> in the backfield and then you just take that away and you put in one of these backups that they got in there like derrick henry is not anywhere near imagine that like yeah replacing derrick henry with dontrell hillard or deontay Deontay foreman Foreman. the two don't even compare like well apparently in this one it did because they both rushed for over 100 yards but i'm not bitter you're bitter you know what i mean Mm -hmm. some stats here time possession Titans outweighed the Pats actually 3102 to 2858. Offensive plays, Titans outsnapped the Pats 6252 yards. Pats actually had more yards, 394 compared to the mm-hmm. Titans 355. Penalties, Pats had 4 for 35. Matt Judon had two of those actually. Titans had 5 for 50. No turnovers on the Pats side. Titans had 3 fumbles and a pick. First downs, Pats 23. Titans 18, and on an efficiency standpoint, the Pats were actually 4 for 10 on third down, while the Titans were 5 for 11 on third down, and 1 for 3 on fourth down. 
Anything you want to take away from that? I'm just remembering that one particular third down in the half. Hilliard. That was to the house. We'll get to that in a minute. I don't oh, even man. want to talk about that. That shouldn't that have happened. Painful. It didn't happen. Not a good idea. You can blame McCourty for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the passing side of the ball, start that off. Mac Jones, 23 of 32 for 310 yards and two tutties. Obviously, Kendrick Bourne was really responsible, ran a great route <laughs> on that first one, and really just. I don't even think I need to say anything for that second one he caught. Really just took the realm. That stiff arm got into the end zone on that one. 72% completion percentage, 9.7 yards per attempt, QBR of 123.2. On the Titans side of the ball, Tannehill, oh boy, he had a rough day. 11 for 21, 93 yards, a touchdown, which really was very ugly. As soon as Westbrook caught the ball, he just decided to fall and I had to roll into the end zone. Completion percentage, only 52% of his past completed yards per attempt, 4.4, and a QBR of 60. Anything you want to take away from this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's definitely, obviously not Ryan Tannehill's best performance, but I think that's just, you know, that's uh, attributed to them being a run-first team. So they're still kind of trying to just kind of survive these games. Yeah, I feel like they're having a little bit of difficulty kind of finding their identity yeah. because imagine you have <laughs> Derrick Henry, who is just not human. Like, you can't create someone in Madden that looks like him. You got that, and then you say you're playing without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Automatically, I don't care who you're putting back there. That's a tough task to overcome. Yeah. Well, pretty much as long as Derrick Henry's been a Titan, that's been their identity. Yeah, and so it's probably going to stay that way. Yeah. I feel like, who was I saying this to? I feel like he's going to have almost like a Bo Jackson ending to his career where he just gets hit and just dies. I, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but I could definitely see that, that happening. That surprise me. Year in and year out, he's what he leads the league and carries and uh, just touches in general. Definitely do not shy away from that usage. That is 100% yeah. for sure. Personally, going back to the pass side of the ball here in the passing game, I really didn't think Matt looked that good in this one. I know he had 310 yards and two touchdowns. The completion percentage is a little bit inflated, but... Of those 32 pass attempts, 22 were actually 10 yards or less. He continues to dink and dunk. I really mm-hmm. don't think he looked that great overall. He missed Hunter Henry on a wide open wide 30 open. yard. Like, I started Hunter Henry. Thanks a lot, Mac. I really hope you're watching this because I'm a little upset because I really needed that touchdown and he didn't serve me too well overall. But what do you think about his performance in this one? Mac or Hunter Henry? Mac. Oh, Mac. That was... It's all right. It's kind of like a game manager esque performance. That's what I've been saying. I feel like he is the best game manager in the league right now, yeah. significantly. And it's going to run first team. That's what I mean. Like, it's he, he's just doing whatever it takes to win, which I understand. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to come down to a point where it's like, all right, we're going to need this kid to win us a game, whether that's this upcoming week or whether that's in a month or whether that's next year. And obviously, he's a rookie. I'm not trying to, you know. Come down too hard on on him because he is definitely the best rookie so far because everyone else seems a little bit lost, which I don't think is necessarily the other rookie's fault because, mm-hmm. you know, in Trevor Lawrence's case, you got Urban Meyer, rookie head coach, who's a mess. Matt Nagy, who's probably out of town sooner rather than later. A lot of these guys, Trey Lance isn't even playing, like so you can't really say too much about him. But a lot of these guys really just don't... Uh, they're just not ready. And I feel like Mac's doing a really good job overall, but he's a game manager at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on to the Titans passing game here. Not a lot to take away in this one. Nick Westbrook, five targets, two catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Literally like one of the 
worst routes I've ever seen run in my entire life. Literally caught the ball, and you thought they were trying to kick a field goal to end the half. Just immediately falls to the ground, <laughs> rolls into the end zone. Initially, it was actually called down down which, down which really pissed me off yeah mike rabel had to challenge that mm-hmm. mike was not happy mike rabel probably gets the award for the most aggressive challenge flag <laughs> throw of all time cody hostler cody hostler revenge game four targets two catches 22 yards des fitzpatrick a target a catch 14 yards really nothing to take away here at all i'm not even going to go through the rest of this box score Dontrell Hillard and Deontay Foreman both did have a fumble, but other than that, nothing really to take away from the Titans passing game. Anything you want to talk about? Or are we good to move on with that? I think we're good to move on. Good. That's what I was hoping you'd say. On the Pat side of the ball, Kendrick Bourne, obviously with the big day with two touchdowns, but only had 61 yards, but did have five catches on six targets. Jacoby Myers, he's really been coming along lately. He's really taking a Those step forward this work. year. That's right. 100%. Eight targets, five catches, 98 yards. Brandon Bolden, actually four targets on four catches on four targets for 54 yards. John Drew Smith, revenge game, four targets, three catches, 49 yards. Hunter Henry could have had a much bigger day. Could have been... Oh, a touchdown in there thanks mac mike jones coming at you five targets two catches 16 yards for hunter henry nothing really else that really stands out to me looking at this box score what do you think about this passing game here uh they're spreading the ball a lot and i love it you know what i mean uh and it doesn't matter who you are you know where you're at the ball's gonna come at you at some point or another yeah and it doesn't matter if it's to kendrick Bourne, who uh who you know who had the block on kendrick Bourne's second touchdown Jacoby Myers, you know what I mean? Big third down grab. Who was it? Jacoby Myers, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you needed someone to run a great route like Kendrick Bourne. It's just whoever has had to usually has stepped up. They, they do spread this ball around, mm-hmm. and I think that makes it a little tough for other teams to prepare because they yeah. really just get everyone involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was saying this to someone the other day. Obviously, there is no alpha dog wide receiver on this yeah. team. There's no alpha male. There's no OBJ. There's no nuke. At the same time, what do you think that would do to max development? Like, imagine if you had a guy like OBJ come in and be like, I'm demanding 12 targets a game. Like, what do you think that would do um, for him? See, I, I don't want to compare him to other quarterbacks. Because, like, like, look at someone like Drew Brees throwing to Michael Thomas. You know what I mean? Like, he always knew where he was or whatever. Hmm. And, but that didn't change who Drew Brees was. You know what I mean? That never, like, affected who or the skill level of quarterback he was. Right. I don't know if that would be the best thing for Mac, though. Someone trying to learn the system. Drew Brees is also a veteran. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's okay for a rookie, I guess it's for a rookie wide receiver to come in and be like, yeah. I don't want to say it's okay to say throw me the ball because you're a rookie, but Drew Brees is probably going to be a lot more opt to handle that and put him in check than Mac That's would. That's true, too, yeah. Like, imagine if, imagine if OBJ comes in, he's like, I want 12 targets, and Mac's like, that's Chill. not going to happen. Like, Yeah, right? Like, that's not happening. Don't know how that would go here. Yeah. Something interesting I saw in the snap count. Jonathan Smith was on the field for 34 plays, only ran 12 routes. Why are they using him as a blocking tight end? Uh, I think part of it was that he was on the injury report. But two, I think they're doing it purposely because they want Hunter Henry out there running routes. Mm-hmm. But... I'm also not entirely sure if it's because they're just they refuse to play both of them at the same time, or if it's because like you know one's hurt. They're I'm not both sure hurt, actually. I'm not sure exactly what's going on mm-hmm. there because if you look back at when Hernandez was here and Gronk was here, they mm-hmm. really liked those two tight end sets, and they got them both involved pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem to be the case here. No. I don't know what's going on. Maybe John is just 
not clicking. No idea, but he's a blocking tight end, and mm-hmm. usually you don't want to pay those guys as much money as you're paying Janu. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone after this year. Really? You think yeah. he, he could get cut or traded? Either or. I would be say honest, traded, yeah. probably. I don't know. I don't know. It just it's it's a weird topic because these guys were just signed fresh off free agency. Yeah. And Hunter Henry's not the most durable guy. And we don't have depth at that position as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think you'd probably give John another year before you let him go. I'd be I'd surprised like if that, he was gone after this year. I'd mm-hmm. be very surprised. It's just it's such a disappointment for someone who was supposed to take that leap. Yeah, like I remember when they signed him, I was all excited, super excited, mm-hmm. and nothing panned out. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's been further along or further enough in the year that you can kind of like make a fair assumption about his tenure as a Patriot so far. Yeah, and it's just been disappointing. What do you think about the Hunter Henry signing so far? Love it. Love it. Yeah, he's Max go-to red zone guy. As as those tight ends are for uh, rookie guys normally, you know, they just seem to like those tight ends for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Obviously, again, still bitter about that, Mike. Hunter Henry could have had a much bigger day if Matt could have hit him for that 30-yard touchdown, but I'm not bitter. You're bitter. Getting back in the swing of things here, looking at the rushing side of the ball, Dontrell Hillard and Deontay Foreman both went over 100 yards. Dontrell Hillard on 12 carries for 131, a touchdown and a fumble. Deontay Foreman, 19 carries for 109 yards and a fumble. Obviously, JC made a great play out there, forcing that fumble. What do you think mm-hmm. about that play by JC? It's great. He's showing up. He's saying, he, I'm on number one corner and I do everything. That was such a big play by mm-hmm. him too because Dude. the thing is, that was like the point where the game was still close and this game I really feel like was a lot closer than people are going to uh, give it credit for. Like they're going to look mm-hmm. at the box score, they're looking at the final score and they're going to say, oh, the pass blew him out. I feel like for a while there, I, I did, this game had a vibe to it where I don't think the Pats are going to lose, but the Titans aren't out of this game by any means. Like, yeah, you couldn't exactly. just check it off, like, turn off the TV. I really felt that. And when Deontay Foreman made that run before JC was able to rip that ball out, that the Titans had a lot of momentum there. Yeah. Like, that was that a was big run. That was like a 30, 35-yard run for, by Foreman. You know, that was in Pat's territory, like probably down to the 35, 40-yard line, and JC obviously just ripped all of that out. Great play. Obviously, Dontrell Hillard had the big run right before the end of the half i don't know why that happened it shouldn't have happened i hope it never happens again what are you taking away from that on that play i think father time's knocking on Devin mccourty's door i think this might be his last year i wouldn't be surprised he retired after this year yeah seems like every year he's kind of like on the fence about it and they kind of like they're like oh we don't really have an answer at safety yeah can you please come back that's the thing like just no one knows what's going on Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day I wouldn't be surprised if he came back one more year. I'd be surprised he retired, but this could very well be his last rodeo. But at the same time, if he wants to come back with year two of the Mac Jones experience, I also would not be surprised by mm-hmm. any means at all. I think this year is a good. Oh well, going into next year would be, uh, I guess like a more like reassuring year to be without Devin McCourty. Now that we have Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar on the rise, because we didn't really have assurance at that like safety position. Isn't Phillips a free agent after this year? I think so. I thought it was just a two-year deal he signed. I think you're right. So obviously there's that. There's that, yeah. I don't know. if I, I don't think it would cost a crap ton of money to bring back. I think that's someone you need to bring back. Probably not. He does not. a lot of things. You yeah. don't think so? No, probably, probably wouldn't cost him a oh, lot to bring him back. Yeah. I think he's a huge piece to the defense. 
What do you think about JC here? Do you think he's gone? Do you think he gets the tag? I think he's probably gone, unfortunately. But so he's going to get the tag. And I think he's not going to show up to training camp. I'd be rightfully upset. You know what I mean? You know, I hate the franchise tag. I really wish they would just do away with that. Yeah. I'm completely over it. It just sucks <laughs> like, to see someone homegrown, undrafted. You took a chance, and we we had every chance to lock him up. It, I just don't like the tag because it's like, all right, like, chances are if you're getting the tag, you have some sort of value in way, shape, or form. So it's like, they all admit, right, you ball yes. out, you're getting the yes. bag, and <laughs> that team's like, all right, well... Here's the thing. We can't re-sign you. We're not going to re-sign you. So we're just going to make it so you can't sign anywhere else. It's like, yeah. I'm not bitter. You're bitter at the end of the day. Yeah, it's like almost not fair to the player, but... It's not fair at all. Anyway, moving back over to the rushing side of things here. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson split carries again. Harris with 11 carries for 40 yards. Ramondre with 9 carries for 46 yards. Harris also had a touchdown in there. Was very excited after that touchdown, which don't know why he was because they're up by a lot at that point. Damien Harris outsnapped Ramondre Stevenson 22 to 20. What do you take away from that? Do you think these two guys are going to continue to split carries the rest of the year? I think they should. Especially uh, Damien Harris and Ramondre Stevenson kind of have been beat up. And I think they're starting to feed off each other. Mm. Up until uh, that touchdown, actually, Damien Harris wasn't having like the best game. Right. But I think they've been through alternating they've been picking each other up and they're a good duo yeah i mean you take away that one carry that 15 yard touchdown run then damien harris has 10 carries for 25 yards yeah that's so definitely not the best game from Mm -hmm. damien harris by any way shape or form it's just kind of weird seeing that because damien harris was more in like that alpha dog role until Mm -hmm. he got hurt and missed that game with the concussion and then obviously ramon j stevenson show on thursday night against the falcons but now they're just rotating drives and i really think that's just going to stay that way the rest yeah. of the year. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball here. Jawan Bentley led the way for the pass with 10 tackles and a sack, two forced fumbles. Kyle Duggar, which we're going to get to in a minute, nine tackles. Matt Judon, six tackles and a sack. Boy, he's looked good. That's a really mm-hmm. good signing. Very happy with that, how that's turned out this year. Devon Godchuk, seven tackles and a forced fumble. JC Jackson, two tackles, but also had a pick. Mr. INT himself, a forced fumble and a pass deflection. And then lastly, we had Devin McCourty, who had five tackles, but had that big pass deflection in the end zone that led to JC's pick. Anything you want to take away from that? One, it was shocking to see Bentley up there in the tackle score box. I was really surprised. When I was putting this together He's for this usually game, never that guy. I was like, Jawan Bentley really led the way mm-hmm. with 10 tackles. Like, yeah. I fully expected to be Duggar at the top, and obviously he was up there, but Jawan Bentley, I was like, wow, did not see that one coming by yeah. any means at all. Anyway, moving on to the Titans side of the ball here. Really not a ton to take away here. It seems like not too many guys really showed up at all on either side of the ball. But Jayon Brown, eight tackles and a pass deflection. And then Kevin Byard, who really did not have that great of a game. Obviously, he had that one ball on the left sideline before the end of the half where Jacoby came down with that 40-yard completion. The touchdown from Kendrick Bourne where he got beat. That's actually just kind of a great play by Bourne at the end of the day. Absolutely. But Bayard had 10 tackles and a sack, and that was actually a really good safety blitz Mike Rabel drove up there when he came in. Anything you want to take away from that? That's going to be his forget game. He's having a football year. He did, yeah, he did allow five catches for 97 yards. Obviously, Bayard is a very highly ranked safety, and he obviously got the bag. So at the end of the day, not too much to take away here. From that, I would not be worrying on about Kevin Byer too much at all in the secondary because at the end of the day, he is a dog and dogs bark. 
What else do you want to take away from this game here before we move on and start talking about the Bills game? Uh, I guess it's exciting to see people like Godshaw getting more defensive snaps. But despite that, I would like to see the Patriots run game or defensive run game improve because to allow two 100-yard rushers just doesn't sit right with me. That's just not good at all. Like, you, all right, so... <laughs> two of them. Imagine... Forget the... For, for, I don't even know where to start with this. That really bothers me. Yeah. Like, imagine a world where you say, okay, you, like, the team doesn't matter, but you have <laughs> no A.J. Brown, no Julio Jones, and no, no Derek, Derek Henry, and you give up two 100-yard <laughs> rushing bids to the to these clowns. <laughs> From the practice squad. <laughs> From Yeah, like, literally guys, like... Which kudos to them for stepping up, but, like, it's just, like, you know, as a Patriots fan, it's disappointing to see them allow that like i'm thinking like what happens if derrick henry is in that game he probably has like 250 yards and four touchdowns yeah i don't even want to. the thing is that's <laughs> not even out of the realm of possibility no but also also you probably game plan a little bit differently absolutely yeah. like i you know obviously we can sit here and say that but i'm sure you know obviously it doesn't take a rock sign to figure out that derrick henry wasn't going to play in this game as long as you have eyes and have looked at an injury report within the last month but I feel like Bill would have drawn up a little bit of a different game plan if that were the case. Yeah, I don't think Bentley would have been the leading tackler. The thing I'm thinking of here is kind of moving on to the Titans in general. I'm like, where does this team go exactly? So you had some really great wins in there. You got a big win against Seattle. Obviously, you beat Indianapolis at home. You take a really ugly loss to the Jets. Mm -hmm. You beat the Bills on Monday night, which Josh Allen probably walks into the end zone if he doesn't, again, just try to get down the second he takes that snap for whatever reason, he, he ended up slipping. Big win against Kansas City. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Kansas City, but that's beside the point. Go into Indianapolis and win a really wild game where Carson Wentz is in the end zone and literally just throw the ball up for grabs. But that's that was an insane play. I'm not bitter. You're bitter besides the point. Going to LA and beat the Rams, beat the Saints, and then you take two losses here to Houston and the Pats. And obviously, you can make an argument, even if they were healthy, they wouldn't have beaten the Pats anyway. But you're sitting here at 8-4. and four. Derrick Henry, I feel like Rick Pitino right now, Derrick Henry's not walking through that door, fellas. And I mean, maybe he will eventually at the end of the year, assuming everything goes according to plan. That'd be nice for them. AJ Brown obviously is going to miss another couple of weeks. You got the bye this week. Where did you go? If you're the Titans here, because you got Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, and Houston the rest of the way. Definitely not the hardest schedule by any stretch of the imagination. What do you make of the Titans the rest of the year? I think they'll be fine. You think they'll be fine? I think they'll win at least 10, 11 games. I mean, I hope so. Hopefully, you're looking at this. You hope They're a good team. You think worst case scenario, as long as they show up, yeah. they beat Jacksonville, Miami, and Houston. You'd hope that, like, worst case scenario, you find a way to get that done. Yeah. Like, you know they're going to want to beat Houston after laying that egg a couple of weeks ago, but I think you got to find a way to win those three games. Go 11-7, and seven, and I think that's got to be your worst case scenario. If you drop one of those games and you drop the other one of the other two or both to Pittsburgh and San Francisco, you're in a little bit of trouble. Obviously, they're probably still going to get in the playoffs regardless mm-hmm. because they did have an 8-2 and two record before everyone just decided to die. But at the end of the day... You got to keep on keeping on and find a way to get it done. All right, now that we've concluded that segment, we're going to move on here and kind of give some thoughts on the Bills game coming up. Spread is at two and a half in favor of the Bills. Over under is at 44 
Practice report for the week as of Friday. We got Brendan Bolden, Gunnar Olszewski, Trent Brown, David Andrews, Christian Barmore, Dante Hightower, who actually left that last game with an eye injury. That was really weird. Jawan Bentley and Nick Full, all limited in practice. I really don't have too many concerns about anyone on this injury report. I think it's mainly, you know, obviously you got the bye coming up soon. You're like, let's just get to the bye, you know, a little precautionary. I think that's the smart way to do it. Anything from you on that end? No. Perfect. Bill's injury report, Emmanuel Sanders did not play. Apparently, load management is now a thing in the NFL. Reggie Gilliam, the fullback, missed practice. No, I'm sorry. He was limited in practice with an ankle injury. Starlot, illness, non-COVID-related, I'm guessing, or else he'd probably be out for this game. And Matt Milano was limited with the shoulder injury. Two things I forgot to mention on the Patriots side of the ball on that injury report. J.J. Taylor and... Kyler, Kyler, Kyle Duggar, both on the COVID list. Obviously, J.J. Taylor, not that big of a loss. Duggar, you'd probably really like to have in this game. No idea on his uh, vaccination status, so we really don't know if he's going to play or not. I'm assuming he's not going to play because even those guys you see get COVID, they really don't play. They usually miss at least one week. Like yeah. Everyone you can think of has missed about a week, probably because they're sick and it's just tough for them to play. Mm-hmm. How big of a loss is Duggar in this one? I think huge, honestly. Why do you think that? I think he's become a staple to that Patriots defense. Every week he makes a play. He's really come along, Every especially week. like the last month mm-hmm. or so. Like he's really come into his own. Mm-hmm. Like he just seems, he's almost got like, I don't want to say that JC Jackson feel, but kind of like that nose to the ball feel. Like he just knows mm-hmm. exactly where to be. So obviously that's going to be kind of tough playing without him, but I guess we're going to just see what happens at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Bills came off a win on Thanksgiving, 31-6 over the Saints, but they had a really, really big loss. Yeah, Tredavious White. Tredavious White, T-Dub, out for the season, torn ACL. Obviously, Dane Jackson took over for him, the seventh-round pick from Pitt. Played 46 snaps in that win against the Saints. Only played 18% of defensive snaps on the season. 47.3 PFF grade in coverage in that game against the Saints. Do you think the Pats go at him here? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like from the jump, they just go I'm right going, at him. I'm going after him all game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame him. I mean, why not? Obviously, you go from Tredavious White to this guy. Why would you not go at him, like, mm-hmm. 20 times? That's now a lot. imagine if Milano's out. Imagine if Milano's out. That's even even bigger loss. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to miss. that. You can't This miss, is too uh, big of a game to miss for, like, nagging injuries crossed, like but. that. Yeah, that'd be cool, but obviously, they've gotten a little lucky. No Derrick Henry, no Nick Chubb. No way Matt Milano is not going to play It's like every week we get game. a break. I know, right? That's what I mean. Everyone's, like, all fired up about Mac Jones. Oh, he's the next big thing. Everyone's comparing his stats to Brady. Listen, clowns. If I had a dollar <laughs> for every single quarterback that put up the same exact stats that Brady put up in the, his first year as a scholar... I would have a lot of dollar bills at the end of the day because those stats are not anything that no one's seen before. But hey, not for some reason in Patriot Nation, everyone thinks that because he's matched Brady's stats through the first whatever week we're in, 13 weeks or so, he's a god, he's the, he's the goat, he's the greatest of all time. Anywho, moving on here. This is a game where I see a couple of interesting things happening. I could see this coming down to the Pats red zone defense versus the Bills red zone offense. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know if I feel great about it, to be honest. Why? I mean, it's the red zone. You know what I mean, it's Josh Allen is a weapon in himself, and they have multiple rush attack weapons. And um, 
just the way they use Stefan Diggs. I don't know. It's th- not something I'm very like confident in. I think we can stop them, just not consistently. I think that's honestly what it's going to come down to. That and really, honestly, I feel like this is going to be just like a ground and pound, like really, really like a time of possession. Type yeah, of like game. a time of possession type of game. Like I don't see this game. Like I'd actually, if I were a betting man, I'd probably bet the under one and the under in this one at forty four and a half. I could definitely see this being like. Uh, like a 2017 ball game or something like yeah. that, 2013. Like, I really think that this game is really going to be really dominated by the running backs, I feel, at the end of the day. Obviously, Josh Allen will make plays with his leg when necessary, and Max going to make throws when necessary, check down King. But at the end of the day, I don't see this being a super high-scoring affair. It's in Buffalo. It's going to be cold. I think the Pats really need to keep Josh Allen off balance here and kind Absolutely. of obviously you can't give the same look that you gave Brady in that week four game. But I think you gotta almost like keep same kind of schemes, like throwing a lot of different defenses at him. You can't mm-hmm. like obviously just stick with the same one. We're gonna need the entire game. Yeah. That's someone we didn't need for uh, you know, the Bucks game. Yeah, for really, I don't really any of these games to be honest. Like I don't even know who would be the spy. Probably Van Oy, I would say. Probably. He's been playing great this year. He actually got hurt in that last game too. Yep. But he only missed like a play. So nothing there. But the one thing I really want to look at, can Mac win a game? I know we talked about it a little before. Can Mac can Mac win a game? Can he all right, so he had the chance against the Dolphins week one. Obviously, that's not his fault. Damian Harris, Allah, I'm not bitter, you're bitter, thanks a lot. You got the chance against the Bucks. Again, not really his fault you're in the rain like all right you're playing against the greatest quarterback of all time obviously that secondary the bucks is really depleted that front seven obviously is pretty legit i think we can both agree on but you put him in a position to win with a 56 yard field goal obviously that field goal is probably good from 54 at the end of the day but he really hasn't had to go down and win you a game and saying all right two minutes to go we need to score he had the chance against the cowboys didn't get it done again but can this may come down to, all right, 2017, you know, a minute and a half to go in a timeout. Like, go get him, killer. What do you think? I believe. You think he can get the job done? He's low-key kind of done it here and there. When? I think he's made plays. Remember on uh, the Cowboys game? That oh, he's passed to Kendrick Bourne. Oh, he's definitely made plays when had to make them. But he hasn't... He hasn't actually... Pulled off a two-minute. That's what I mean. He hasn't drill. done the dirty work, yeah. like the actual dirty, dirty work. So. He's definitely he's shown some flashes. Nope, nope. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that, but definitely has not come down the field. So, but I game. think he can. I think if he has a chance and at his next opportunity, I think he's going to do it. This is going to be the biggest game in his career. I really feel like. Obviously, this is really. If you look at the schedule so far, this is truly. His first hostile environment that he's played in. It's a pretty hostile one. Like, obviously, at New York, okay. Not really that hostile. At Houston, okay. Do they even have fans? At the Chargers, they use the silent cat at home. At Carolina, small market. At Atlanta. And then at Buffalo, this is going to be a very hostile environment. It's going to be loud. It's going to be cold. Yeah. First in-stadium game since COVID. I, yeah. I... I'm really interested to see how he functions in this one, to be perfectly honest, because he's been cruising the last month and a half, but, mm-hmm. you know, Buffalo's not the easiest place to play, especially now that the Bills are good. Yeah, that's that team's no joke. Yeah. And kudos to them and their fan base. Absolutely. Josh Allen 
he has shown some flashes that he could be the MVP. And he's shown some flashes that he should be sitting behind Josh Rosen. I feel like that MVP talks kind of like died down a little bit. Yeah. He's still up there. I think I think it's kind of carrying over from last year a little bit. Yeah. But I think he's only up there because uh, like teams like, you know, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes hasn't looked his normal self. Obviously, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's a shell of his former self by any means, but he definitely wasn't looking like the MVP candidate we've seen over the last three years. Obviously, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson are down. Mm-hmm. The Ravens are a little bit of a mess with all those injuries that they've had. I think it's almost like he's in the conversation by default. Yeah. In a way. Like, I think that's the best way to put it. I agree. He's because he's so pivotal and such a big piece to his team right. and them winning. Yeah. So I honestly don't know what he's going to do in this one because this is a big game for him as well. Obviously, it helps that he's it's playing a scary at home, person to face. But he's a weapon. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, right. He is a stud inside of a stud. At the end of the day, <laughs> anything else you want to take away from that QB matchup? I'm excited. Let's go. All right. Last thing I really want to bring up here before we get out of here. So Stephon Diggs, game one against the pass last year, six receptions for 92 yards. Game two, obviously, remember that one. Nine receptions, 145 yards, three tutties. Does this onslaught continue from Stephon Diggs? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. He cooked J.C. Jackson last time. I just don't know where you go to stop him. Like, to, how do you stop him? Like, did you see that route he ran on Thanksgiving against Marshawn Lattimore? Like, yeah, that is a uh, filthy cook ease. Yeah, that was yes, disgustingly good. Cook ease. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know how you stop that. But then again, how many <laughs> how many coaches are gonna <laughs> match up? Stefan digs one on one in the red zone. Uh, not many because not a lot of people have number one corners like Lattimore. That's, and, yeah, you know what I mean. But That's what I mean. It's not many. Yeah. So, I don't know. Final prediction for the game. What is your final score? Uh, I think I'm gonna go something along the lines of maybe 24 or 20 to 17. In favor of the Pats? In favor of the Pats. I'm actually taking the Bills in this one. I think Mac gets a little bit rattled. I don't think he's going to be ready for that hostile environment. I'm actually going to go 2017 Bills. I think the Bills cover. But I'm also taking the under in this one. But it's going to be interesting. I could definitely be wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But at the end of the day, who knows? The only thing that can make up for the Pats not playing on Sunday is when they play on Monday night. Anyway, guys, that's going to be it for this one. We'll be back to recap the game next week. Like and subscribe as always. And I will have a new banner that's not the Potato Finance Podcast banner relatively soon. And we will see you guys in the next one.